Hi, I'm Craig Williams, and this is Beyond the Tassel. You know, I started this podcast because I have long valued the benefits of engaged learning and the pursuit of greater understanding of our world. I wasn't always a great student, but I've always enjoyed learning and have always had a curious mind. But there's more to the story that most of my listeners may not know, and it is actually quite personal. I'd like to share it with you this week with a particular purpose, which will emerge toward the end of today's episode. I did not attend college until I was 45 years old. I was a mediocre high school student, and I had lost my father about halfway through my junior year. An avid photographer who spent the vast majority of my time making pictures in the darkroom, I had long planned to go to college and study photography, and perhaps cinematography. But when my father died, I inherited his photography equipment and decided instead to go directly into business out of high school, shooting portraits and the like. It wasn't a wonderful plan, and I soon found myself adrift, not really enjoying making portraits according to other people's expectations, since to that point, I had been what might best be described as a fine art photographer, someone who creates the images they first see in their mind with absolutely no intention of pleasing anyone other than themselves. And so, I gave up my small upstart photography studio and instead joined a friend and started another business, this time a t-shirt printing company. Now we each threw in 500 bucks and we were off and running. That company is still very much in business and is today one of the largest screen printing companies in the state of Illinois. And it all started in a small town more than 300 miles south of Chicago and nearly 100 miles away from St. Louis, the nearest big city. I grew up in that rural environment and fell in love with building small businesses, going on to start and build several others with varying degrees of success. One was a graphic design company. Another was an advertising agency. And still another was a custom magazine publishing company that produced glossy, full-color community magazines for small and medium-sized towns and cities all across America. It was through this experience that I discovered how much small-town America really does have in common. The values of helping your neighbor, the culture of outdoor recreation, the allure of the Friday night ball game, and the pride we all took in our local high schools. Along the way, I became a father, and my oldest son was much better in school than I ever was. As his ninth grade year approached, he expressed deep concern to me over his frustration that our local high school didn't have any AP programming and that several of its departments were being cut due to funding shortages. This included the fine arts department, and oddly enough, since we were a big farming community, the ag department. He told me he was worried that he might not be able to get into a top college after high school without the rigor of the more challenging courses and the depth of curriculum. Now, he was an eighth grader at this time, so no, he didn't use those precise words, but that was essentially what he said. Now, he had graduated from his small middle school as the valedictorian that previous spring, and had very high expectations for his academic career from there. One night, while he and I were walking the dog, he asked me if there was any chance we might be able to move to a more challenging high school. He told me that it was important to him to have those kinds of opportunities. Well, our family did what any family would do. We sat down and we talked about it. Now, the decision our family made may differ from that which another family might make, but our family, after having talked it over, made a choice that I think surprised a lot of people in our small town. We decided to relocate to St. Louis so that this young man could attend a very demanding school and experience the academic challenges 
he so craved. He had applied and been accepted to a top college prep school and would fully invest himself over the next four years there, excelling in this demanding new and strange academic landscape, graduating with honors and gaining admittance to one of the most highly selective universities in the country, where today he double majors in English and history and has been on the high honors list in each of his now 10 quarters. Now, I tell you all of that to tell you this. The school we moved to was absolutely exceptional. The faculty, the curriculum, the leadership, the peer group, the facilities, everything. Unquestionably outstanding in every way imaginable. But what I learned through this experience is that the number one reason why kids from schools like that wind up at places like Harvard and the University of Chicago may have more to do with the college guidance they receive than the material they cover in the classroom. Don't get me wrong. These were rigorous classes, and there was seldom an evening that didn't involve at least three hours of homework for my son. But I became convinced that the real magic, the biggest single differentiator between post-secondary outcomes for kids from our rural hometown, as compared to kids from this new school, was all about that immersive college guidance every student and every family received, beginning in the freshman year. By the time we were in our junior year, we were well-versed in all the college application strategies, the test prep strategies, the financial aid opportunities, and the intangible factors that play into admissions officers' decisions to admit or to reject. It was almost like we'd been taught a second language without really noticing. You know, on the day we arrived, I remember hearing something about a family with a senior who planned to apply to Johns Hopkins that fall on early decision. Now, I had no idea what that meant. I barely knew what Johns Hopkins was, but I had no idea what early decision was. But by the time we were in the same position, it was all just part of our reflex knowledge. You just knew it because the conversations we'd been having with other parents on the bleachers would often turn to topics dealing with college application strategies and matters of paying for college. Now, admittedly, many of the families at this school were quite wealthy and didn't need the kind of aid we would very much rely upon. But the conversations were so natural almost like we were talking about a common interest in the St. Louis Cardinals or how pissed off we all were at Stan Kroenke for moving the Rams to Los Angeles. Anyway, the things we learned through this process convinced me that had my son's peers and their parents in our rural hometown had access to similar college counseling and guidance, those sons and daughters would have access to a much broader range of post-secondary options as well. They were just as smart and just as hardworking as the kids at this new school, But they weren't playing on the same field. The odds were most definitely stacked to favor the suburban school students getting better ACT scores, knowing more about application strategies, and just getting into the top schools. Did you know that almost 85% of all of the admitted students in the top 20 universities in America come from top suburban public and private schools? Only about 8% of the entire enrollment at schools like Harvard and Yale and Penn and Rice and Washington University and the University of Chicago and Vanderbilt, etc., only about 8% of their total enrollment in that freshman year come from schools that are not in that top suburban or top private school category. Now, let me say here that I am no education snob, all right? Remember, I didn't even go to college until I was 45 years old, and even then, it was not for a classic undergrad degree. I attended Olin Business School at Washington University in St. Louis and earned an executive MBA. 
Now, I was lucky they even let me in. I didn't have an undergrad degree. My high school grades certainly would not have qualified me. No, I'm all about finding the best learning resources available. And sometimes that comes down to college. And when it does, I've become a firm believer that there are reasons why some colleges and universities are ranked higher for their programmatic strengths than other schools. It isn't to say that you can't get an excellent education at any number of schools in the top 500 or so across America. You absolutely can. But if you can sit in a classroom with 8 or 10 other highly motivated students and learn from the preeminent professor of a certain subject, why wouldn't you want to? And so I do emphasize quite often trying to get yourself into the most demanding, the most rigorous, and often the most highly selective institution you can is worth it. Not because I'm an education snob, but because I see tremendous educational value there. What I learned at John Burroughs School in St. Louis is that smart, hardworking kids will thrive at challenging institutions, and that whether you come from a rural, suburban, or urban school, you can position yourself to gain admittance in your post-secondary life to America's best schools, if you know how the game works. Again, I don't want it to be misconstrued that the rigorous curriculum of a top college prep school doesn't play a factor. Of course it does. In our case, I know it did. But look, there are lots of other levers to pull, which will enable you to distinguish yourself to the admissions team at any college or university, and that's really what Beyond the Tassel is all about. Helping students and their families make the biggest post-secondary splash they possibly can, while always honoring my number one rule, which is to put fit in the driver's seat. And you know what I mean when I say fit. I want that school to fit you. I don't want you to be that square peg trying to squeeze yourself through that round hole. Fit matters. Never chase prestige for the sake of prestige. Make it about fit. And if it turns out that your best fit happens to be a prestigious school, hey, great, no worries. Now, this episode was originally intended to introduce some specialized financial strategies from an organization called QuestBridge and others. But I decided to put this topic a few weeks back because especially during this era of COVID, I know that many of our students and their families are still trying to sort out how best to move forward with this whole post-secondary puzzle. And so I just, for that reason, wanted to share our story as a means of explaining that you need not think of your options as being limited in any way at all. Now, I think it was Henry David Thoreau who once said, if you have built castles in the air, your work need not be lost. That is where they should be. Now, Put the foundations under them. Think big, folks, and give chase to your dreams. Well, that's it for this week. I hope you've enjoyed our slight departure from the normal topical coverage. We'll be back next week with a discussion of virtual college fairs and how to make the most of your college exploration during this era of COVID. It can be an extraordinary time, and there is much that can be done today without ever leaving your house. Until then, I'm Craig Williams for Beyond the Tassel. Stay safe. Stay healthy and make yours a worthwhile journey.